0: Welcome to Follow Fox, a journey through nature's wisdom. I'm your host, Fox. As spring approaches, both amateur and experienced birders alike are preparing for the migration of many bird species. Even if you have no interest in birdwatching, there is one undeniable spectacle that comes with migration. Giant flocks of snow geese. I'd like to take a closer look at this rather loud migratory bird. The snow goose is a North American goose that is typically all white with black wing and tail tips. There is a blue morph snow goose which displays grayish coloring on the body, but maintains a white head. Snow geese spend winters in warm parts of North America, from southwestern British Columbia through parts of the United States to Mexico. They can fly as far south as Texas and Mexico during winter. In spring, they journey back to the cold northern regions, Canada, Alaska, Greenland, and the northeastern tip of Siberia, to begin their breeding. The whole migration, both to and from the breeding grounds, is over six thousand miles. Snow goose migration is an amazing thing to behold for a number of reasons. Foremost is the overwhelming size of the flocks. A flock of snow geese can easily number in the thousands, sometimes even tens of thousands. The largest flock recorded was a staggering 200,000 snow geese in Middle Creek, PA on February 21st, 2018. Since counting that many birds can be tricky, flock sizes are mostly estimated. These massive flocks are able to rapidly change direction because each individual is able to mimic the movements of distant flock mates rather than waiting for a cue from the bird next to it. Watching thousands of geese swirling through the air can feel like watching a blizzard. The following is an excerpt from Paul Gallico's novella, The Snow Goose. One November afternoon, three years after Ryder had come to the Great Marsh, a child approached the lighthouse studio by means of the seawall. In her arms she carried a burden. She was no more than twelve, slender, dirty, nervous, and timid as a bird, but beneath the grime as eerily beautiful as a marsh fairy. She was pure Saxon, large-boned, fair, with a head to which her body was yet to grow, and deep-set, violet-colored eyes. She was desperately frightened of the ugly man she'd come to see, for legend had already begun to gather about Ryder, and the native wild fowlers hated him for interfering with their sport. But greater than her fear was the need of that which she bore. For locked in the child's heart was the knowledge, picked up somewhere in the swamp land, that this ogre who lived in the lighthouse had magic that could heal injured things. She had never seen Ryder before, and was dosed to fleeing in panic at the dark apparition that appeared at the studio door, drawn by her footsteps. The black head and beard, the sinister hump, and the crooked claw. She stood staring, poised like a disturbed marsh bird for an instant flight. But his voice was deep and kind when he spoke to her. What is it, child? She stood her ground, and then edged timidly forward. The thing she carried in her arms was a large white bird, and it was quite still. There were stains of blood on its whiteness and on her kirtle where she held it to her. The girl placed it in his arms. I found it, sir. It's herded. Is it still alive? Yes. Yes, I think so. Come in, child, come in. Ryder went inside, bearing the bird, which he placed upon the table, where it moved feebly. Curiosity overcame fear. The girl followed and found herself in a room warmed by a coal fire. Shining with many-colored pictures that covered the walls, and full of a strange but pleasant smell. The bird fluttered. With his good hand, Ryder spread one of its immense white pinions. The end was beautifully tipped with black. Ryder looked and marveled and said, "'Child, where did you find it?' "'In the marsh, sir, where fowlers had been.' "'What—what is it, sir?' "'It's a snow goose from Canada.' But how in all heaven came it here? The name seemed to mean nothing to the little girl. Her deep violet eyes, shining out of the dirt on her thin face, were fixed with concern on the injured bird. She said, Can you heal it, sir? Yes, yes, said Ryder. We will try. Come, you shall help me. Her fears forgotten, the child watched, fascinated, as he worked and all the more so because while he fixed a fine splint to the shattered leg, he told her the most wonderful story. The bird was a young one, no more than a year old. She was born in a northern land far, far across the seas, a land belonging to England. Flying to the south to escape the snow and ice and bitter cold, a great storm had seized her and whirled and buffeted her about. It was a truly terrible storm, stronger than her great wings, stronger than anything. For days and nights it held her in its grip, and there was nothing she could do but fly before it. When finally it had blown itself out and her sure instincts took herself again, she was over a different land, surrounded by strange birds that she had never seen before. At last, exhausted by her ordeal, She sunk to rest in a friendly green marsh, only to be met by the blast from a hunter's gun. A bitter reception for a visiting princess, concluded Ryder. We will call her La Princesse Perdue, the Lost Princess. And in a few days she'll be feeling much better, see? He reached into his pocket and produced a handful of grain. The snow goose opened its round yellow eyes and nibbled it. The child laughed with delight, and then suddenly caught her breath with alarm as the full import of where she was pressed in upon her, and without a word she turned and fled to the door. "'Wait, wait!' cried Ryder and went to the entrance, where he stopped so that it framed his dark bulk. The girl was already fleeing down the seawall, but she paused at his voice and looked back. "'What's your name, child?' "'Frith.' "'Huh?' said Ryder. Fritha, I suppose. Where do you live? With the fisherfolk at Wickedroth. She gave the name the old Saxon pronunciation. Will you come back tomorrow or the next day to see how the princess is getting along? She paused, and again Rider must have thought of the wild water birds caught motionless in that split second of alarm before they took flight. But her thin voice came back to him. "'Yes,' and then she was gone, with her fair hair streaming out behind her. The snow goose mended rapidly, and by midwinter was already limping about the enclosure with the wild pink-footed geese with which it associated, and had learned to come to be fed at Ryder's call. And the child, Fritha, or Frith, was a frequent visitor. She had overcome her fear of Ryder, her imagination was captured by the presence of this strange white princess from a far land over the sea, a land that was all pink, as she knew from the map that Ryder showed her, and on which they traced the stormy path of the lost bird from its home in Canada to the great marsh of Essex. Then one June morning, a group of late pink feet, fat and well-fed from the winter at the lighthouse answered the stronger call of the breeding grounds and rose lazily, climbing into the sky in ever-winding circles. With them, her white body and black-tipped pinions, shining in the spring sun, was the snow goose. It so happened that Frith was at the lighthouse. Her cry brought Ryder running from the studio. "'Look, look, the princess! Be she going away?' Ryder stared into the sky at the climbing specks. "'Yes,' he said, unconsciously dropping into her manner of speech. "'The princess is going home. "'Listen, she's bidding us farewell.' Out of the clear sky came the mournful barking of the pink feet, and above it the higher, clearer note of the snow goose. The specks drifted northward, formed into a tiny V, diminished and vanished." With the departure of the snow goose ended the visits of Frith to the lighthouse. Ryder learned all over again the meaning of the word loneliness. As the snow thaws, we will be treated to the sight of many migrating bird species. If you would like to take a gander at some snow geese, simply head to your local lake. You can find more episodes of Follow Fox at anchor.fm slash followfox, and that's all one word. I'm also on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. If you have any topics you'd like to recommend, please email me at followfoxcast at gmail.com, and that's all one word as well. Again, all one word, followfoxcast at gmail.com The Follow Fox logo is by V Wegman. I update with new episodes every first and third Wednesday of every month. So my next episode will be on March 4th, I believe. You've been listening to Follow Fox. I'm Fox. Thanks for following.